Oftentimes, society wants us to check a box. I'm a mom. I have a career. I'm an entrepreneur. They tell us to niche down. But what happens when you want to have it all? Welcome to the Multifaceted AF Podcast. My name is Kay, and my mission is to help men and women everywhere own all of the pieces of who they are in every way. We're going to be joined by guests and friends that show us what celebration of taking up space in all places really looks like. Now let's dive in. Meet Sharice Perry Esquire, Director of Court Services and Law Libraries for the Massachusetts Trial Court's Office of Court Management. In addition to this role, Sharice works on a variety of access to justice initiatives within the court and has served on local and national panels discussing the experience of those who are not represented by attorneys, but need court services. Sharice is passionate about ensuring that vulnerable and marginalized populations have access to the legal system in a dignified way. When not engaged in court work, she's a dedicated mother and is involved in the cannabis and real estate sectors. Attorney Perry currently serves as a commissioner on the Massachusetts Access to Justice Commission and the Boston Finance Commission. She's a trustee on Roxbury Community College Board of Trustees and is a co-chair of the Boston Bar Association Delivery of Legal Services. Attorney Perry has also served as president of the Massachusetts Black Lawyer Association and has an unwavering commitment to see the legal field more diverse. Welcome. Thank you. Absolutely. So today I am joined by Sharice Perry. So tell us a little bit about yourself. Sure. So uh, I am an attorney. Okay. I am a black woman. Yes. I'm a mom. Mm -hmm. I'm a social justice warrior, as I often call myself. Um, I work for the Massachusetts Trial Court, and I do a lot of work around what we call self-represented litigants, um, which are basically, you know, individuals coming into the court system that don't have counsel, and um, we help them navigate themselves through the court system, how to file paperwork, what to do, et cetera. Um, I'm also in the real estate space um, as a broker, uh, tons of attorneys that are in that space as well, um, and an investor. And then I am low-key in the cannabis space as well and been in that space since uh, 2018. All right. So that's a lot of hats. So multifaceted to its core. (laughs) So talk to me about what balance looks like for you. So wearing all of those different hats and being in all of those different spaces, what does that look like for you? Would it look like? Before, and it's always, I always try to talk about like, at one point in my life, I had no idea what balance looked like because, you know, you try to do so much. Um, You know, when I became an attorney, everyone would reach out and ask questions and things like that. And you constantly feel like people are in, you know, always, I need, I need a question, question, question. Uh, And then I had my daughter and it was like, what does life look like being a mom now? and working for the core system, which is already hectic. Um, And then my love of real estate, my love of community and being in spaces to support people in that. So for a long time, it was very overwhelming. And I kind of felt like I wasn't really sure what balance looked like. I just ran an automatic pilot, I think. And I would probably say once life started to, you know, happen and things, I started checking things off the box. I realized kind of who I was. Like, I felt like I was able to identify myself. It's organization, quite frankly. You know, it's creating boundaries around things that people want. So this is a big thing. Ba- <laughs> uh, the value of boundaries is is so real. And I think the pandemic for me was forced boundaries, right? Because now I don't have to go to all these events that people are asking. People can't come to me. They can't come to my house. They can't do anything. 
And so once I started to realize that, it was like, you know what? I think I need to do a little bit more of access denied. I think I need to kind of hone in on the things that make me happy, um, you know, make sure my daughter's good. What do, what do I want to set up for her um, as she thinks about like high school and college? Um, what do I want to buy? What do I want to do? What do I, I want to travel. Absolutely. So much time just being in Boston and doing things for an entire community. And then I was like, you know what? I'm going to get on a plane all the time mm -hmm. whenever I feel like it. And if I'm not available for things, I was okay. That's, I mean, that, that's very important. I think boundaries are important. I think what you talked about with the pandemic is absolutely very real. I've talked about that um, in past situations where I feel like it was a opportunity to kind of burn away, like take pull away the things that were fluff, the things that were extra. So if you think about like when metal goes through fire, like the, the impurities, all the extra stuff gets burned away and then the, the things of value is what's left. So I think the pandemic was really that all of the kind of the noise and the extra motion, like driving to and from the office um, got burned away and you really saw what was valuable, what was important. And you got you were forced to prioritize it was forced prioritization a lot of the times so that I think instilling boundaries and kind of holding firm to that is very important. So when you think about um, your daughter, I'm setting an example for her. What are some important things that you hold on to? as you think about being that for her, being an example for her? For my daughter, for friends that have daughters, you know, my biggest thing is education. I, I instill that from, you know, it's it's not always you the A's and B's, right? Because we try to quantify what academics mean, right? It's really like a love of education, a love of learning, um, a love of, right, doing the things that you are passionate about, you know, and feeling like, you know, every day I'm going to try my best to do my best. Um, and then if I have hurdles and different things that I need to get over, um, then you kind of put your effort towards that. You don't give up. You keep going. You push forward. Uh, a lot of resiliency, a lot of honesty, um, you know, and just a lot of like allowing her to be herself um, and allowing her to really have a voice in what she wants to do and not I'm big on trying to break generational curses, right? And our generation of parents really had a perspective on life and success and what you do. My thing is, there's no limit to what you can do, right? It it, it fits a male-dominated field and that's what you want to do, go on and do that, you know, but always be thinking about what is it that you want to do with life, um, exposing her to things that are different, not just kind of we're just you're just going to go to school and come home right no it's like we're going to go to school we're going to do all types of different activities events i'm always looking for different things like based on what she wants to do um so that's really a lot of that um you know i think she sees a hard worker in me spending time with her is really really important so she sees the balance of like we're going to work you know we're going to work hard for the things that we want um we're going to focus and hone in on the things that are important and whatever those successes are um, but we're also going to take time to do family stuff, um, you know, big on family, big on seeing family and traveling. So, you know, in addition to myself traveling, I always wanted to continue to expose her to new things. So she's just not she's just like, oh, my God, oh, my God, this is something new. This is something <laughs> absolutely. new. So, absolutely. Um, so that's a lot of what I try to no, do. No, I think that that's important. I think that um, one of the things you touched on is her seeing a hard worker in you. And I think that that is tremendously important. So my mother um was definitely a very similar example for me she was a very hard worker lots of different things she wore lots of different hats um so that's very real she will kind of pick up on that she will see that in you um in a lot of ways she'll probably end up emulating it and becoming a better version of you because i feel like that's really what we want we want our kids to 
kind of have the opportunities that we didn't have, learn the things that we didn't learn. So I'm sure that she will see that and she will take that and run with it. That is my hope. <laughs> That's I, all we can I, do. I all we can all, do is hope. I, my goal is to create spaces and give my daughter more than I had so that she doesn't have to, you know, when we, we go to school, we have student loans. We know the impact of student loans on our life and our ability to buy property and our ability to do so many different things. And I'm like, no, I'm going to work hard. I'm going to make sure she doesn't have to worry about student loans because I knew that that was a barrier for me to be able to have more financial freedom. So those are the things that I think about. Like, if I drop dead tomorrow, you know, is she good? Is she okay? Could she continue? You know, is, um, you know, is my family going to be able to take care of her? So every day I, I just... I really just focus on that, um, but not working so hard that you don't understand your worth, right? Because you can work yourself to death and really, when you're gone from that space, nobody loses any sleep. It's very real. It. It's, it's very real. So, you know, creating that balance, I think, is important. I think that balance is tremendously important. So, again, like I said, kind of being a better version of what was what was modeled for us. My parents worked very hard, but they didn't. they weren't huge on self-care. So I think this generation, so if it's if there's a generational curse to be broken with this generation, it's absolutely self-care. I teach absolutely. my son self-care. We vacation frequently. Like we take time just to take time. Like you can take a mental health day. That's okay. Um, because I think that that's very important. So that balance, I think, is there's a lot of value there. I think that rest is absolutely a, pro a productive activity. You might not feel like you're producing, but you can't produce if you don't rest. So I think that that's important having that. So when you think about, you kind of said that you're a social justice warrior. Talk to me a little bit more about that. Social justice warrior is, you know, it's it's racial justice, right? It's, um, it's access to justice. And, you know, in the court system, you know, I have, when people think about lawyers, oftentimes we think about what do you see on the TV, right? It's like the prosecutor, it's the criminal defense lawyer, it's, you know, it's the real estate person, it's the contracts, it's the personal injury, like, right? Um, you know, I occupy a unique space that we call really legal services and legal aid. And our, my whole, like, passion is to help the most vulnerable populations get access to our core system. You know, our core forms don't make any sense. Lots of legalese, um, People that are limited English proficient, don't speak English as a first language, literacy issues, like that is my my population of people. And so I'm in a core system that's predominantly white. Um, the people that work there are predominantly white. And, you know, it's built on systemic institutional racism, period. And so what I'm advocating for are people that oftentimes are forgotten and nobody even cared about. Um, so that's one space. And then and then second, it's really black women attorneys particularly represent like two percent of like lawyers in general. Um, and black lawyers is a smaller percentage, you know. So when you think about our my profession, we are hugely unrepresented. And so I constantly as an attorney walk into white spaces um, there are macroaggressions, microaggressions, there are retention issues of people, of black lawyers. So when I think about social justice, it's about what am I doing to not only get myself into these spaces, um, but also to be able to create spaces for other lawyers to want people, want young people to become lawyers. Uh, you know, I, I had I had these folks, right, when I was growing up and that's it, you know, particularly here in the city of Boston. And so my thing was, how do I, how do I become 
what I wish I had. Absolutely. Um, you know, I want young black folks, young people to see a physical manifestation of what it is. You know, I want them to think about being lawyers and know that you can be successful in it and know that you can you can do this. And so the only way to actually create that is to like be physically present, talk about it. You know, I just did a DEI panel last um, the other day, I think Thursday evening, um, I published um, a law review article on being a black woman attorney and what that looked like. And so my thing is to raise awareness um, and then to constantly just be the black woman Anita Hills person <laughs> in the in the room and just I mean you know you gotta have you get you have to say the things that people don't want to hear absolutely um and you have to sometimes be a voice when people don't feel like they can actually stand up for themselves that's very wrong um, and encourage other lawyers to say do something and it's not just us this is white folks you know I need white lawyers to be like no I I that black lawyer in the conference room said something real and I support what she said. Um, and so that they feel heard too. So fully. So that is very real. I think that it touches on, that's one of the reasons I reached out. So that was one of many of the reasons I reached out. But that representation, the idea that seeing somebody that looks like you doing the things that you aspire to do and the ability, the, the fact that that really can change the trajectory of a young person's life, kind of seeing that there's somebody that looks like me that's doing that, somebody that looks like me that's a lawyer, that's absolutely a profession that I can go after. That's something that I can achieve. So I think that that's very real. And I think the impact of the work that you're doing is very real. Um, so when we crossed paths back in 2015, um, I came into like the legal services office and had no idea what I was doing. So it was probate court, paperwork absolutely made no sense. I had no idea what I was doing. But seeing a friendly face that looked like somebody that I could talk to um, and you were just very kind, very warm, very inviting. And I remember that it really like it was a very dark time, like after losing my husband and having to go through that process, it was um, comforting to see somebody in the office who was warm and inviting and knew what they were doing and were able to direct me. So I appreciate that. And I don't know if you know the impact that you have, but it's very real. It's very real. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, so we're going to switch gears a little bit. Um, as a part of the brand, we have the multifaceted manifestations deck. I think that um, manifestation is very real. You can kind of speak things into existence. And that's a very big part of my philosophy. Um, so that is why I created them. And I'm going to have you pull a card from the manifestation deck. I always believe the universe conspires to bring us what we <laughs> uh, Would you like me to read it? Yes, I would. Absolutely. All right. So my life is full of purpose and motivation. I feel great joy as I am becoming the best version of myself. Oh, <laughs> you're talking to me. This hits home. I So I turned 40 last year. As I mentioned earlier, you know, the pandemic kind of slowed me down a bit. It helped me spend some time by myself in solitude, a lot of reflection, just like self-awareness, self-accountability, realizing I, I'm somewhat responsible for running myself. Um, down because I worked so hard and that was really all I did. And so as I was coming on 40, my physical health was given up on me. I had to switch my diet. I had to get into the gym. And I told myself that 40 was going to be exclusively focused on what I wanted. I wasn't going to waver from what it was. And so I feel like since then, I've literally lived in my purpose, and my purpose has been taking break and taking things slow, not being slow, but taking things slow 
thinking about what it is um, that I want to accomplish, setting goals at the beginning of the year, holding myself accountable, right? I think self-accountability is really important. And just thinking of what is it that I want to check off my box? And that's all I'm going to focus on for right now. And, you know, I think that as the time has gone on, I've really have been living in my purpose um, and owning owning my joy, owning my personal joy that I want to see in myself. And it, it really takes, and I think a lot of people don't, don't sit in solitude, right? They feel like solitude is being alone. No, solitude is being able to be in your house and you, you're okay, right? It's, it's being able to take a trip by yourself if that's what you want to do. It's, you know, nails. It's, it's all the self-care that we talk about. It's taking a nap if you need to take a nap. Um, it's telling people no, you know, like people will ask you to do stuff all day, all the time. It's a no for me. Absolutely. So uh, no. I, I love this one. I'm glad it resonated <laughs> with you. So mine says, I will live in the moment and remain grateful for the experiences that unfold in my life. I think this is real because I think we all have a tendency. I mean, I can't speak for anybody else, but I have a tendency to be focused on the next thing. So I definitely am goal driven. And I'm guilty of accomplishing something, but thinking about the what's next. So being very focused on the what's next. And um, I think that this is, it's important to remain grateful for the experiences that are unfolding in the moment and to really celebrate the small wins. So that's something that I'm working on because I am very much guilty of thinking about the what's next. Well, thank you so much for your time. I really do appreciate you coming and sitting and talking to me. Um, and this is great. Thank you. All right. I appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning into this week's episode, where we celebrate the superpower that is being multifaceted. If this resonates and feels like home, make sure to send it to a friend, colleague, or someone close to you and write a review so we can continue to grow, connect, and celebrate. Until next time, continue showing up as your true self and taking up space. Thank you.